five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is the Space Q Podcast. My guest today is Steve Iris, the RadarSat Constellation Mission Manager at the Canadian Space Agency. Today, we'll be discussing the RadarSat Constellation mission, its primary uses, and the benefits to Canadians and the international community. RCM is a 1.2 billion mission follow-on to the very successful RadarSat-1 and RadarSat-2 satellites. The RadarSat Constellation mission is a trio of synthetic aperture radar satellites that will be used for maritime surveillance, disaster management, and ecosystem monitoring. The trio of satellites are currently scheduled to launch on Wednesday, June 12th at 10.17 a.m., Eastern Daylight Time, on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from the Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. The mission has been 15 years in the making. Listen in. Welcome, Steve, to the SpaceQ podcast. We're going to start with uh, the easiest of questions for you. What are the primary uses and benefits of the RadarSat Constellation mission to Canadians? Okay, so um, RadarSat Constellation mission is the third generation of the RadarSat uh, program. So we continue the data used by previous missions uh, in uh, several operations done by the Government of Canada uh, to uh, help to support their mandate and delivery of services to Canadians. So RCM's focusing on three main uh, applications, I must say, so maritime surveillance, ecosystem monitoring, and uh, disaster uh, management. Okay. Uh, Of those uh, uses, um, what do you think will have the greatest impact on Canadians? Uh, the major impact, I think, is the improvement in terms of the services currently delivered by uh, RadarSat 2, because now uh, RCM is uh, three satellites instead of a single one, and it's really designed based on the needs and requirements expressed by the federal departments. So uh, we have very a tool designed for them, um, optimized for them also. Uh, and the fact that we have three satellites, we respond to the main requirements they have is to have a daily coverage, an utter daily coverage of the Canadian landmass and also maritime approaches. So, for example, for the ice monitoring, instead of having a partial coverage every day, we'll have a full coverage so we can better monitor the ice movement and uh, help the um, ship to have a safe, clear navigation into our, uh, uh, into our uh, navigation uh, seaway. So, um, in in looking at the this the third generation of RadarSat satellites, can you tell me other than the rev, the refresh rate, the revisit rate, uh, mm-hmm. what is the biggest difference between RadarSat two and the RadarSat Constellation mission from a technology perspective? Uh, we have improved some of the um, responsiveness of the uh, requ- uh, request. So we have now a four-hour uh, fast-tasking uh, delivery. So meaning that if you have a, f- a 
emergency request in four hours we receive it and we can task the satellite to get it. Uh, we also have a, a second payload installed on the RCM which is automatic identification system. So uh, ship over 300 uh, tons have to wear uh, mandatory to have a, a transmitter called AIS so they transmit the information and because we have both on the same system we can capture both signals at the same time so we can improve ship detection with that because we can identify ships on the image and if the uh, transporter AIS transporter is turned off for different reasons we can still identify it on the image so we can better target where we can monitor or ask questions to a few folks that uh, maybe have the activities that they don't want to be seen on the image. Uh, in addition to that, there's some uh, on the technology side, uh, we have uh, reduced the size of the transmit and res uh, receive transmitter uh, on the antenna. So uh, because the system is smaller, so compared to radar set two, it's much smaller, and we the production also has been improved in terms of the, um, the the easiest way to doing it, so it's more faster to produce those uh, transmit and receiving uh, module on the antenna, the SAR antenna. And would it be safe to say that it uses less power now? Uh, it's not using less power, it's just more efficiently used on the system. Okay. Uh, the uh, frequency is the same as radar set 2, so for better trans uh, harmonization of the data. And uh, no, it's the same, I can say. So. Uh, you said that uh, um, uh, it, when tasked, you could you could uh, uh, respond within four hours. So I, I would take it that something like that would be really important for any type of natural disasters uh, that you're going to uh, potentially be tasked to to cover. Um, at any given time, uh, like how spaced out are the, the the three satellites from each other? So, you know. Uh, how often are they over Canada, I suppose, is what I should be asking. Okay. Um, they are evenly spaced on their orbit, so they are separated by 32 minutes. Um, so every 32 minutes, there will be uh, satellite passing over a certain area. Um, for Canada, if, for sure, when you go to lower latitude, uh, we have kind of a single coverage per day, but when you go up to the north is uh, more overlapping. So for example, the Northwest Passage is covered uh, four times per day, okay. which is important for monitoring. Uh, for disaster, as I mentioned, it's one of the core applications that we have identified for the system. So that's why we have that fast tasking capability. Uh, with three satellites, we are able to cover any points on the globe, uh, I say 90% of the globe every 24 hours. So we will be able to better support uh, disaster events, like example when the disaster charter is triggered, we'll better answer it with uh, RCM than we could do with Radar Set 2 right now. Now, obviously these satellites are designed to benefit Canadians, but uh, it also will be collecting, they'll also be collecting a lot of global data. How is that data going to be shared with the global community? Uh, right now, we're still working on the uh, distribution uh, regulation, not regulation, but process. But uh, it's planned that we'll be able to share with our partner through arrangements. So we already have them under Radar Set 2. Some of them will continue, for example, with uh, between the Canadian Ice Service and the National Ice Center in the U.S. 
Uh, it's the same for our uh, national defense. We will share information with their allies and other departments also like Agriculture Canada and Natural Resources Canada. So arrangements will be made and we'll be able to share the data. And uh, it, is it still the case that at some point there'll be data pushed out as uh, open data to the to the public? Yeah, we try to be aligned with the uh, Open uh, Government uh, Directive. Um, however, as you know, we have a regulation, uh, a law, an act in Canada, so the Remote Sensing Space System Act, that uh, requires that we monitor most of the data and who get access to it. So we're not uh, entirely compliant with the open data, but we try to push uh, as much as possible to the data to be accessible to the broader extent as possible. All right. So the launch is less than two weeks away, uh, assuming everything goes well on SpaceX's end. Everything's ready from the satellite perspective. Um, are you nervous about the launch? Because all, all three satellites are launching on one rocket. Uh for sure, we are a bit nervous, not because uh, the three of them are in the same spacecraft, it's just that we're nervous that for probably every launch, uh, we also are very excited. Um, it's kind of the kind of the achievement of uh, 15, work, 15 years of work, but it's also the beginning of the operation. For the user, it's a new era that will start with uh, RCM. So uh, yes, that, uh, it's a mix of uh, nervousity and uh, excitement, I could say. Now. You always have to take this contingency into account that there is a possibility that the launch will fail or something will happen uh, where the satellites don't get into the proper orbit or or, or, or activated properly. Um, if that's the case, uh, I'm going to, I think I've heard that you would uh, replace the satellites. Uh, how long would do you think it would take to actually build new replacement satellites? Uh, difficult to say. Uh, we just have uh, identified the fact that because we already have the plan, we have the expertise, etc., already uh, done recently, it probably will go quickly. It's difficult to really express how much time it may take, but uh, for sure it will be less than than the, the, the current building that took five years, but we need to go back to request uh, approval, etc. So there's a mix of technical and uh, authorization also to be requested, but uh, I, can, I can say it's maybe difficult to say, but for sure it will be as fast as possible uh, to get back on track. Otherwise, we will still continue to rely on Radar Set 2 that will, that's still in good shape and will continue to operate. And we also have identified other sources of data that could support us, like uh, Sentinel-1, for example, Copernicus. Now, um, there's been discussion, uh, so I'll ask, will there be a follow-on satellites added to the Radarsat Constellation mission? Has that decision been made? Uh, right now, we have uh, started to work with our uh, departments, so uh, to, we are using a lot of uh, EO, especially Radarsat data, to identify their requirements, and we will start to look at solutions beyond RCM. To, to, to say that will be a, a satellite, a number of satellites, uh, it's not defined yet. What we're looking right now is uh, solutions to ensure continuity of RCM data. So we just have initiated the work and we just had the stage to capture the uh, requirements from our users. So um, from what I'm gathering, the satellites then could be uh, a further improvement to the current generation. 
if we go on that path, if the solutions identify, uh, confirm that the only way we can answer our requirements is to build new satellites, probably there will be some improvement, but uh, I cannot say for now that will be the case. All right. So Canadians are very familiar with the Canadarm. Uh, yet a system like the RadarSat Constellation mission is likely to have, or will have, a greater impact on their lives. How do you convey that to the public so that the average person is aware of the benefits of a project like this? Um, I think probably that we need to tell them story that touch them directly. So uh, we have kind of modified a bit the approach we have in terms of outreach. So instead of talking about technology and system, we're focusing more on the usefulness and usage. And uh, we have uh, published on our website few stories of uh, users who are uh, directly benefiting from the RadarSat data. So for example, we have uh, uh, someone uh, in the agri agriculture uh, domain who are using the data for himself, but also he's a, a consultant. So he's using the data to support uh, his customer with uh, RadarSat information to better improve their uh, their crop uh, monitoring and uh, performance. Now, to give maybe the audience a sense, how many people do you think uh, use uh, will use the RCM data on let's say on a on average basis over the course of the year? Are we are we talking about uh, a limited number of people, tens or hundreds, or are we talking about thousands of people around the world that are going to use the data? Um, I don't have the exact number right now. RadarSat2 is a different system because it's privately owned, so we don't have information in terms of their customer and fully understand why. It's uh, kind of a sensitive information. On the government side, we have currently 12 and more departments who are using the data, so... Uh, I must say that right now we probably have uh, more than 100 for sure in terms of the government of Canada who are using the data directly. On the external side, uh, I cannot say, but our intent with RCM is to get more and more of those users. Uh, I think we'll have a better assessment of that uh, information maybe uh, in the coming months with the uh, when we have announced recently that we have now access to 36,000 scenes uh, freely and openly of RadarSat1. So that will be a good indicator of the interest on that. On my side, when I participate to different symposium and conference, I see that there's a lot of uh, research and uh, activities ongoing using RadarSat data. So I think that uh, it's difficult to have a specific numbers, but I can say that it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, we use very largely, not only in Canada, but also uh, internationally. So I have one last question. Um, and this one is actually a relevant one to what's actually happening now uh, in Alberta. Um, uh, if the Mackenzie fiber link is damaged because of the wildfires in Alberta, how will that affect the RCM's transfer of data from the Inovic satellite uh, station facility. Uh, I know that the new fiber link is very fast. Is it just going to slow down the, the process of moving the data? Uh, probably for a temporary period, of, for a certain period of time, the time it's put back, but they also have, a, have other way to transmit the information slow, more slowly than the uh, fiber, for sure. So it, it may impact a bit of the operation, but we have also other infrastructure in Canada to receive the information. So it's just one part of the network. 
So for a certain part of the uh, acquisition, it will be uh, temporary, a bit slow down, but for the other one, it will be uh, okay. So it should, should have a limited impact on our operation. Limited impact. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share before we close? Uh, just to uh, thank you for uh, your interest into the Rare Stock Constellation mission. We just, uh, like I mentioned, very excited to get the, near that uh, achievement of uh, the launch, and uh, we wish that uh, it will be a successful one. Um, and uh, we invite also the uh, public to uh, go on our uh, CSA YouTube channel. Uh, there will be a direct transmission of the event from the CSA and also a transmission of the launch from SpaceX. And I can guarantee you that that will be viewable on SpaceQ as well. Are you going to be at the launch? Uh, I'll be here at saint Hubert to be the master of ceremony to uh, support the launch event. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for, for being my guest. Um, uh, hopefully I can get you uh, back on the podcast once uh, RCM is launched and operational and data is coming in. Thank you very much. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash spaceq. We really appreciate feedback, and to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca, or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca, where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us at Canada in Space. And if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space Q. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.